Welcome everyone to another edition of Georgia Alabama Sports Live right here on the Georgia Alabama Sports Live Facebook page and we'll upload it later on YouTube and of course uh, Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure to go and subscribe there. This is Georgia Alabama Sports Live show we do every Sunday episode four. Can you believe it? We're already two weeks into the high school football season. We're now on to week three and uh, we had a pretty some pretty spectacular games that we're going to be talking about. Obviously, there's a story out there about what happened at the Carver-Spencer game. I'm going to give you my perspective briefly about it. But Richard, high school football is here, as we've been talking about. In week two, it was huge matchups all across the Tri-City area, all across the state, but specifically on what we cover. And I'm looking forward to going into those games. I hope you had a great weekend. And you were watching some college football this weekend, weren't you, Richard? Absolutely. Football is definitely here. It's rivalry week in high school football. As we preview week two and go into week three, we've had some incredible matchups. And really, with, with college football starting technically week zero, the football fan out there, you know, they get high school football on Fridays and then getting to see college football on Saturdays is just an awesome experience. And, you know, I can't wait for the NFL to get here because we're going to have watching football five straight days starting on Thursday with the Thursday night high school football games. And it's going to be absolutely incredible. But it was a great week. We had a lot of great matchups in week two. We had some rivalries. We had some teams that are out the gate 2-0 that are, are starting to make a statement, Thrift. And uh, we're going to preview all of it here. Yeah, we're going to talk about all the games that are happening around the area this past weekend. I'm going to give you my perspective on what happened with Carver Spencer and the sad situation and the incident that um, is now sweeping the state of Georgia, state of Alabama. Heck, it's even it's going viral across the nation, and this is not what Georgia Alabama Sports Live wants to be known for. This is not what I know high school sports around this area wants to be known for. So we'll, I'll talk about that momentarily. But I do want to first start uh, with high school game day. We were able to be at the Heritage Bowl live from Memorial Stadium. Thank you to Rex Castillo that joined us. We had some, because it was so hot, it messed up our camera. So that made the broadcast in early. Uh, we did get our interview with um, Captain Bobby Brown from the 1983 mm -hmm. Spencer team. He was actually an honorary captain for the game. Mm -hmm. We talked to him and his story. Me and DJ, we introed it, and then you and Rex came on. And we talked to Rex for a little bit before it cut off, and we weren't able to give our picks. Uh, Rex actually picked Spencer Greenways to win the game, but no one saw it. So I don't think he wanted to claim that, especially with the way Carver ended up winning the game. Um, but thank you to everyone that made that possible. Jeff Battles and everyone that were nice to us and letting us set up right there at the gate. Memorial State, and we had some spectators come and check out. And as we continue to grow this thing, we want students and band members and fans of all over especially for the two schools that we are representing for that day. We want them there coming and showing us some love, Richard. But I, I enjoyed it. How about you? Did you enjoy being a part of it for what for the little bit that you were a part of this past game day? Well, first of all, and I was seeing pictures on social media, people were tailgating at 2 in the afternoon. I got there around 5. You had a great setup. I got to see some of the Spencer and Carver fans, and you know, they were selling shirts outside and just at Memorial Stadium. It was just a great atmosphere. And... It was just fun to be a part of the 61st Heritage Bowl. And I know it means a lot to DJ Jones being a former Carver Tiger. Yeah. And 
Oh, he's not just, just a, a hype. Form, yeah, not just yeah. a former Carver Tiger, but someone that's played in that game, someone that's covered and be, in my opinion, I mean, this is a biased opinion. He's the biggest media name and biggest media draw out there in this area, and I'm so glad to be a part of Sports Visions and this whole thing is presented by Sports Vision. So had a lot of fun with that and glad that I was able to be on the call with DJ. All right, from high school game day, I'm going to give my perspective on the Carver-Spencer game in just a moment. I know many of you thought, oh, is he, is he ready to talk yeah. about it? No. I want to first start on a much lighter note. And I thought the game of the weekend was Harris County, Russell County. And you got it here live on the Georgia Alabama Sports Live Facebook and YouTube channel. Thank you, Rick Beach of Kutsu Sports, who was there on the call with you, Richard. Y'all had great chemistry. Chris Gates, great job producing. Thank you, Athletic Director Mindy Johnson and everyone from Harris County for their hospitality. I know you alluded to that here um, as you start talking about the game. But give your experience and, and talk about that fantastic finish and great call, by the way, on the game-winning kick. First of all, the atmosphere at Harris County, it's what Friday Night Lights is all about. You get the mountains in the backdrop, you get the water tower, Tiger Stadium, the fan base, and the fan base from Russell County made the trip. That place was packed. If I went to my car and I was stuck in traffic leaving the parking lot, you know, you got Hamilton, Georgia, which like Rick Beach says, all roads to Harris County lead to Hamilton, whether you're from Waverly Hall, (laughs) from... Catala or Fortson or Pine Mountain. And for those that don't know, those are the in Harris County, they have their own little leagues, their own for baseball, basketball, and football. And you got Waverly Hall, and then you have Catala, you have Pine Mountain, you got Hamilton, um, and the different places. There's like four or five different places. So everyone plays at a different spot in Harris County for the little league, but they may play for a different team in little league. But when they get to Harris County High School, they're all playing for the same school. And it was a great atmosphere. And what a great game. Okay, so the game started out. Russell County gets the football first, and they fumble at the one-yard line. And then Harris County's offense goes 99 yards, scores a touchdown. Levi Watson gets it in the end zone. And then on a trick play, Harris County jumps up 13-0. Russell County does get a touchdown. And Russell County got a momentum when they had a scoop and score to make it 14 to 13. Thrift, it was a back and forth game and Harris County won it on a walk-off field goal, a 35-yard field goal by Anthony Shellnut, the junior. And you heard the call and it's been shared all over social media. Yep. Great job by Rick Beach and Kutsu Sports. And I had a lot of fun calling the game with Rick and we have a lot of chemistry. And I'm hoping to call some more games with Rick as, as he was a very good broadcaster, a good broadcast partner. I love the atmosphere of Harris County. They were so hospitable and they were excited that we got to call that game. And what a finish. That had to have been the most exciting finish I've ever got to call. It was about of who is the real county. I know that's what some of the... I've heard uh, that. You, know, yeah. you told me that you had some of the student sections from East Russell County and Harris County. They were saying, we're the county. We're the real county. Um, but great job on the call. These two teams, I expect to be much improved from last year. Russell County did beat Harris County last year at Russell County. They went three and seven. Harris County went two and eight. I think we think both these teams are going to make the playoffs this year. I do. Be much improved. Be around five hundred or better. Great win for Harris County. Getting back on the right ship. You know they got dominated by Troop County. Well, Troop County is going to dominate a lot of teams. They're, they are. <laughs> I would say a favorite around this area to win a state championship with Teo Todd. Absolutely. Uh, but I'm glad that we were there. 
and we have a special announcement coming up. We may be there again, and this time they're going to be facing uh, a team that everyone knows around the Muscogee County area. We're looking forward to that, and all, we're all hands on deck, game day and everywhere else. We'll let you know where that's going to be as we get later on in the show. But again, great job by you, Chris, Rick Beach. Great game, 30-27. to 27. Um, Incredible. Because it was a game of back and forth. You told me about it. Momentum looked like it was going to be with Russell County. Then it went to Harris County. Looked like Harris County was going to pretty much run away with it. And then in the fourth quarter, Russell County says, not so fast, my friend. Shout out Lee Corso. <laughs> and they end up coming back. Yeah, it was great. Matei Yeoman, 16 carries, 133 yards and a touchdown. And Harris County had what I like to call the, the, the speedster back with uh, – with Ogletree, and then you have Yeoman. I mean, so they had a one-two punch, and Levi Watson just yeah. was poised. You know, he is the son of the coach, uh, Tommy Watson, in his second year at Harris County. And, you know, Levi Watson is familiar with his dad's offense. And so being a second-year starter for Harris County is going to help. And, and you're right, Thrift. I think that, you know, they made the playoffs last year, but I think that Harris County is going to improve and uh, make the playoffs again. I think they are, too. And I think this is going to be a team that – I keep saying it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make sure that it's ingrained in everyone's head that watches this show and a part of Georgia Alabama Sports Lab. Harris County is a sleeping giant, and if they ever get everything going the right way, they could eventually. And this could be the momentum they needed to be able to come back in a game like this in previous years, especially last year. Rick talked about it. They probably would have lost. This would have been something they quit on, or they would have made mistakes down in the stretch. They kept playing hard. Coach Watson made the adjustments that needed to be made throughout the game, and to win it on a game-winning kick like that, I mean, couldn't have, couldn't have been a better script for one of our doubleheaders on Friday. And I'm wondering if Harris County could get to the level of the 2013 team that won a region championship, the one-two punch of Taquan Marshall and Trey Crowder. I mean, they're they're trying to get to that level. I think yeah. that Harris County, like you mentioned, has all the tools and resources. They have a beautiful practice facility that's right across the way from Tiger Stadium. And just the fan base, I mean, that's the most students I've ever seen at a high school football game. And like I mentioned, that place was packed. This is what Friday Night Lights was meant to be. Yeah. Harris County is just on the outskirts of the city limits of Columbus, so yeah. it has that small-town feel. Yep. It has the high school football feel where it seems like the entire town just closes down on a Friday I mean, night to come to the stadium. If, you know, people talk about Texas. This is what it's like in Texas for high school football. Obviously, you see the stadiums, the money they put into it. It's pretty incredible. But I like what the small towns that we got. I like that Harris County, there's nothing going on that night in Hamilton, Georgia, and they're representing all of Harris County. Pine Mountain, Callaway, I mean, not really Callaway, but Pine Mountain, Catala, Waverly Hall. They represent everyone that's in Harris County, and it's a growing county. It's a growing school. That's why they're 5A, and they, like you said, shut down the entire place, and everyone's there at Durham Field. It's a beautiful scene, and I'm so glad that we were able to be there for that game. Okay, now I'm going to give you my brief experience from what happened this past Friday. Myself and DJ Jones were on the call. Thank you to Toygar, producer. It was a well-fought game. I mean, a couple breaks here or there, a couple ball bounces here or there. Spencer moved the ball when they wanted to. They had several times they could score, and they either either turned the ball over in the red zone or just couldn't able to capitalize. 
the game was far from over. We were about three, three minutes from the third quarter being done. It was 21 nothing. Spencer in Carver territory. And then everyone's seen the video that has gone viral for our partners at WRBL and Jack Patterson. And it's a scary, it was a scary scene. To see that video go viral when you have all the players and coaches and referees on the ground being scared for their life, not knowing what's going on. Myself and DJ, I, I can only speak for me right now, but I, I was scared. I didn't know what to do. Um, I was hoping that whatever it was was going to be rectified quick. It was not. It took a lot of time. There was still chaos that ensued after the fact. Once we cut the feed, once the initial scariness happened, it, it kept leading out to the parking lot. Um, just a sad, scary situation for not only the players that are on the field, that that's in the back of their head now, that they maybe have something terrible happen to them with guns being involved with it. Uh, that's what the least thing, that should never be on their mind when playing a football game. It's having to worry about that. And to see the reaction from Coach Coffey and Coach Kegler, and they were just trying to make sure their players were safe and telling them to run, get to the locker room. It was a surreal sight. Uh, I, uh, it was an emotional moment for me because I could just only feel for those players and what they were going through. It, it's, um, I'm hoping that that never happens again around this area. I hope it never happens again around the nation because apparently this is becoming a common thing. I've seen something happen in Oklahoma. It's happened here in Atlanta. Uh, it's, this should never happen in high school port, sports where kids are involved, then the kids that are in the, the stadium. I've seen people post on social media, scared to death, parents that drop their kids off at a game that should be safe, not knowing if, are they okay? They, we need to make sure that they, they get home safely. Just a very surreal moment. Um, and I know there's going to be measures. And as I said in the interview with Rex Castillo of WRBL, I know there's going to be measures in place that are going to make sure that this never happens again. I think we all can be on the same page with that, that the kids' safety comes first. All right, And we got to make sure that they feel safe. Um, but to be a part of something like that, I'll never forget it. It was, it was traumatizing. I know it'll be traumatizing for a lot of the kids, for the, the older adults, for everybody that was there, not knowing what's going on, if they just want to get in the car, to get out of what was happening at that moment. And it took away from all the hard work that we saw from Carver and Spencer players, all the hard work we saw from the coaching staff that they put into that game, the preparation leading up to it, the practices leading up to it. They busted their tails off. It was 100 degrees at kickoff at 7 o'clock. These kids were giving their all. I know they were exhausted. And now instead of talking about all the highlight plays, which I'm going to mention after I get done with this, we're talking about this incident. And um, I'm hoping something changes. Any, any thoughts on that, Richard? Yes, Thrift. Uh, after seeing the video, first of all, I, I was said a prayer that, that, that you and DJ Jones and everybody in that stadium was going to be safe. And uh, thank goodness that, that everybody was safe. And, yeah, it, I can't imagine what you were going through, Thrift. And uh, I know that if I was in that situation, I would, I would be terrified too. And, and, and it's you – know, you, we are professionals. We love high yeah. school football. We love calling these games. But when you have a situation like that, it really takes a lot out of you to think – you're going to a high school football game and you have like, you don't know what's gonna happen. And, and I really think that we do have to take measures and I hope that they see this and they take the, 
the measures in place and this never happens again. I completely agree and I'm not going to go into further details. We still don't know what exactly led to everything that transpired and I just want to give my perspective and experience on how scary it was but I want to talk about the game now. Uh, I want to talk about Kobe Castlin and I think his dad's watching us, Greg Castlin. My man is a stud. And I, if I ever see his dad, I'm going to tell him it was an honor to call him. And I cannot wait to watch this young man grow. He's only a sophomore. Last year as a freshman, he led this basketball team in scoring. Mm-hmm. I know Coach Primberg talks about this guy is the real deal Holyfield on the court. He's just as good on the football field. The man is quick as lightning, busts through holes. You know, we talked about Dante Childs. He had three touchdowns last week for Carver against Hardaway. The best back in the game was Kobe Castle the sophomore. He was just busting through plays left and right. Anytime he touched the ball, it seemed like he was getting seven, eight, nine, ten yards a carry. He was incredible. I cannot wait to see how his season plays out. Uh, the quarterback, Matthew Mungin, he looked like the better quarterback that day. Gary Gaither, he was actually under duress a lot. The defensive line for Carver, they are right. dominant. And that defense is loaded and stacked. But Matthew Mungin, he was efficient. He connected a lot on the deep throws. It was it was really cool to see this young team. Mungin only is an underclassman. Kobe Castlin, underclassman. They are so young and talented that this Carver team is going to be scary to deal with in years to come. And this year's team has a chance to make a deep run to the championship game. Carver, I mean Spencer on the opening play, they had a big Big throw mm-hmm. that led them all the way down to the one-yard line. And Carver made them go back, and they end up having turnover on downs, and that honestly set the tone. Spencer had many drives. They would get into Carver territory, and once they got close to the red zone, they went backwards. Um, I know that Coach Kegler, who did a great job calling the game, Gary Gaither still showing his, his legs, his playmaking ability. Um, but there are some things that they want to improve on. They are high-powered offense, but they were negated by that elite defense from the Carver Tigers. Coach Coffrey's staff, they got a premier defense in that defensive line. These guys are loaded, all right? And they get after the quarterback. And one of the things that Carver has been known for is being dominant in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line. And it was really good to see them do as good as they did. Carver has a very dominant defense. And they say defense wins championships, but this is, could be a historic defense the way they shut down Spencer and Gary Gaither's offense. And I, I had the privilege of watching the game while we were getting ready for the Russell County-Harris County game. By the way, that looked absolutely amazing. Who would have thought that a Heritage Bowl would have that broadcast quality? You and DJ Jones did a phenomenal job. Thank you. And, you know, we saw Carver give up just six points against Hardaway last week. If this defense can only get better. They're going to continue developing, no. and they could run the table. But they they got a tough schedule through. They got to play a seven A team: Brookwood, Crisp County, Thomasville. They got some tough opponents. Hapeville Charter. Hapeville Charter. Yes, they're and their team that's going to get better each week as they did last year. Um, but as you talked about, Richard, this team they're only going to get better as they continue. Excuse me to improve. I was I was glad to be a part of that broadcast. Um, and glad that my partner in crime, DJ Jones of Sports Visions, which you can listen to me and him tomorrow on the Sports Visions radio show, 4 to 6 p.m. on uh, 92.1 Smooth R&B, the Sports Visions radio app, and the Sports Visions Facebook page. We're going to talk about all this and more. And It was cool to have someone in the booth that has all the experience he has, mm-hmm. especially with what we dealt with. 
he was someone really, it was nice to have someone like him to lean on as a young broadcaster. I learn from him every day, and I appreciate him being a part of what we're doing here, and I'm glad to be a part of Sports Visions. Again, a couple shout-outs to Braylon Jakes. Remember, he lost his family last year. This young man has been through, the, through so much, and this young guy is incredible. The, the, the fortitude he has, the heart, the drive, he had a couple amazing plays. It's awesome seeing him flourishing. He has a fan in me. Great job by him. Dalen West, another guy that Matthew Mungin connected with many times. And we talked about Kobe Kaslin and Dante Childs. The big guys, uh, Ken Abernathy, Jamarian Farley, Tamarian Farley, both of the brothers, they, they were incredible. Courtney Kelly, the linebacker and defensive end. Uh, he was great. A.J. Wilson, who led the team in tackles last year, the leader on the defense. All these Carver guys did an excellent job. But I'm going to be honest, the Spencer Greenways defense, they were just as good. They only gave up two offensive touchdowns. The reason it was 21 to nothing is because Gary Gaither, I mean, not Gary Gaither, but the special team for Spencer had a bad snap over the punter's head, went in the end zone for a safety, and then when they kicked it off, kick return for a touchdown for Carver. So they were down 8 nothing, just mm-hmm. like that. They only gave up two offensive touchdowns to Carver. They moved the ball. Um, Keyshawn Sampton, Jamarian Epps. These are guys, Justin Williams, DeAndre Weatherspoon, the running backs. They were having a tough time getting yards between the tackles. We had a couple of great plays, but Gary Gaither, he's going to be playing at the next level. This guy is an incredible athlete. Uh, When the ball leaves his hand, me and DJ were talking about this. It's just like Patrick Mahomes, um, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. It just comes out so effortlessly. And it's fluid. It's beautiful to see. His deep throw was incredible to see in person. And I think both these teams, I know Carver won again, but I think both these teams are going to be vying for another region (coughs) championship. So from Carver and Spencer, great job for both teams. I'm glad everyone is safe from what happened this Friday, and we're hoping that they both go on to, you know, win their next Eight games to finish 9-1 and on the year, win a region championship. They both play in a different classification, different region. So shout-out to Coach Coffey and Coach Kegler. I thought they handled themselves uh, incredibly for what they had to endure during that game. Um, from them, we talked about Russell County, Harris County. That was a great game. Now let's talk about some of the other games that's going on. And we'll first start with the Pacelli Vikings. Say God. Mm-hmm. No offense obliterated by Glenwood last week, 38-12, to and it was rebound time. But they had to take on a team in Tattnall Square that lost in the semifinals last year. Only They went 8-2. and two. The only loss Bocelli had was on the road to Tattnall Square last year, so they were trying to avenge that loss. And, man, they were fantastic. Oh, Mark Kimbrough, he was great. Out of the backfield catching passes. Uh, Corbett James, great job. He Remember, he averaged 10 yards a carry last week against Glenwood. Christian Brown starting to get the feel for the quarterback position in his second game as the leader on the offense side of the ball, Pacelli. They were dominant in the first half. Second half, Tattnall Square had a guy that he was – Dave Platt told me I was calling a game with him for GIAA TV on Saturday. Shout out to Jeremy Hayes, Aaron Lee, and everyone involved with that broadcast. It's – it's cool to be with professionals like that that only want to make me elevate my game in the streaming business, and I'm glad that I partnered with them. He, Dave talked about Tattle had one player, and they just got rid of the quarterback position. They let this young man just take it for the Wildcat. It got close there at the end. Pacelli did win 50-35. to Avenge last year's loss. Get back on the right track from Glenwood. And anyone that thought Pacelli was going to have a down year this year, you don't know Coach Jones. You don't know his program then. 
they bounce back with a huge win, and now they're setting themselves up beautifully for the rest of the season in GIAA Class 4A. I thought Pacelli had a great win, and coming back at Dimel Field. You losing your points yeah, right now. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Just, well, because I, I you know, called a game on Friday. Yeah, we actually called two games. No, uh, Pacelli had a great game. And uh, coming back to Dimel Field, home opener, uh, Coach Dwight Jones just doing an amazing job. And I think that uh, Pacelli is, is on the track to actually do some great things in the GIAA. I think so, too, and looking forward to seeing them. Uh, I look forward to all these teams, but oh, yeah. uh, definitely going to try to get a Pacelli game in here, as we already did with Glenwood. We want to see them get a get a smack. I mean, you can watch their games on Viking TV with Dave Platter, Jeremy Hayes, and that student-led operation. They're going to be doing the Stratford game coming up in two weeks. Um, playing rematch of the GIAA championship. championships. You'll have that game on Viking TV. You've got Glenwood Lee Scott on George Alabama Sports Live. That's a rematch of the AISA oh, State Championship. We, are we teasing this game? Uh, I think we are teasing. <laughs> I, I'm just going to throw it out there. We're definitely doing Chuck Glenwood versus Lee Scott. All right, from oh. that game, let's move on. We're going to talk some of the Thursday games. Troop dominated Hardaway 50 to nothing. Really nothing to talk about other than Teo Todd was Teo Todd. Shaw got their first win under head coach. Johnny Gardner, he got his first win as a head coach. They dominated Kendrick 43-6. to um, He gets him on the right track. Uh, teaser, we may be seeing him in the near future calling one of his games. And then we were there for Columbus and Jordan. Now, Columbus won 55-20. Robert Harford was incredible. Carson Baldwin, oh. if you go back and watch the game, he made a couple people fall. He was the receiver number eight. He was, he was, he was pretty good. Uh, Harford was efficient. Uh, in the pocket, it would, it would stand even under duress. He was making the great throws. But I want to talk about Jordan real quick. Coach Cadell Jenkins and his staff, fantastic job. Darvin, Davin James, he, he scored a touchdown. It was close in the first half. It was actually a seven-point game at one point. Ended up being 34-14. to 14. Second half, both teams scored two touchdowns to make it 55-20. Uh, to 20. But I, I, I think... What he's building there and setting the culture, setting the foundation. Uh, obviously, Jordan doesn't have the resources, and they're, they're having to rebuild the talent and develop these guys because they were like SMU in the 80s. Once that program died, it took them 15, 20 years to get back to relevancy. It, I don't think it's going to take that long with Coach Cadell Jenkins, but what I saw from them, even when it started getting out of hand, they still played hard. They still were giving their all. Davin James was a competitor through and through. Claude Ballard, one of Richard's guys, he did a great job competing. And I love seeing this team not quitting because in years past, it could have got 70, 70 points, 80 points. They could have quit. They didn't quit this game. They competed all the way to the final whistle. I like the direction of them. And I'm glad Coach Marino, dealing with health issues last year, the head coach for Columbus Blue Devils, getting back on the right track, getting a big-time win for them. Great game to be on the call with. You can see the replay on our YouTube channel as well. Last year, Jordan only scored six points all year. For them to score 20 points in this game was a complete turnaround on what they did last year. As they were trying to build their program back up, they did finish the season, and that was a win for them. And like Coach Cadell Jenkins says, it's not about the wins and losses. He is developing outstanding student athletes and the fact that they were competitive in this game against Columbus is really going to speak volumes and I'm excited to see Jordan play out this season and they're only going to get better from here. And we're going to touch on now some of the Phoenix City schools and or slash Miss Station. Central dominated Hewitt Trustful 48 to 24. Central yeah. starting off where they left off. Aaron, I mean Mr. Alford 
Um, I was about to call him Aaron Alford. That is not his name. And now Andrew Alford, he played quarterback last year for Brookstone, was a really good basketball player too. He is now the quarterback for Central. My man had about three or four incomplete passes, close to 400 yards passing, not one, two, three, four, five touchdown passes. This guy, only a junior now, is, man, he is a, an incredible quarterback. And now, learning under Coach Patrick Dix, and you know about his pedigree with quarterbacks, and of course his son, Bo, his, his other son, Caleb, they're both playing at a high level in college right now. He's going to do wonders with Andrew and the talent, like Cam Coleman, the number one player in the state of Alabama. They dominated Hewitt Trussell and Central, another favorite to win it all. Central doesn't rebuild. They reload. Look at all the players they lost from last year's team. Like A.J. Harris, he's now at Georgia. Tamarian Parker's at yeah. Clemson. Carmelo English is at Michigan. Carmelo. And so... Great they, name. Oh, yeah. And they reload. And I think Central beating a top-five team, a 7A in the AHSAA on the road, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say that... You know, I know that Thompson is the four-time state champion, and we can get to them because they played Opelika in the AHSAA kickoff classic in Montgomery. Right. And they made a statement win, and they play IMG Academy next, by the way. But I think that Central or Auburn, it, it's hard to rank these two teams. And Auburn, Auburn dominated yeah. Hoover 39-14. Yeah, on 14. the road. So, so both those teams who are rivals, uh, they're, they're top three teams. Yeah. Throw in Thompson, too. Those are the three best teams in the state of Alabama 7A. I'm going to say either Central or Auburn is going to make the state championship. I, I think that every team is going to give their best shot against Thompson. Yeah. Thompson's got a big target on their back because they are the four-time state champions. And the last time a team other than Thompson won a state championship, you know who it was? It was Central back yes. in 2018. It was Central Red Devils. So we'll see if they can bring back the chip home. And I'm with you, Richard. I think both those teams dominated, and hopefully we will see them. I'd love to call one of those games. We'll see if it plays out. Central, we're calling out on you. Georgia Alabama Sports Live wants to call one of your games. Just give us some love. Uh, Another team, Smith Station, they got dominated by Pleasant Grove, 54-14. Smith Station, they're a team, I think, that a couple years ago they had a great run, and they were a really great, a good team, made it to the playoffs. Pleasant Grove, they're good. They dominated them. We'll learn more about Central as the year goes on. Um, really nothing to touch on right there with them. Um, and then Glenwood. They took on Brookstone for WTVM's State Line Showdown. Great mm-hmm. job by Mr. Hoppy on the call. And they closed in the first half, but Glenwood won 38-17. They were up by 21 at the end of the third quarter. Probably could have made it worse. Glenwood is proving, and I think it's pretty safe to say this, they may be the best private school football team around this area. I have to agree with you, Thrift. This is the same team. They started 0-2 last year. They lost to Pacelli and, and, and Brookstone, and Brookstone and to then, start the season. And then look what they did. And then they went on that run, and then they played Lee Scott Academy in the AISA Championship. Get ready, because I think that Glenwood, I mean, their two toughest games prior, leading up to the Lee Scott game, you know, they play Fort Dale Academy next week, but then... You know, they get ready for Lee Scott Academy. That's really going to be, show the test. It could be another preview of the AISA championship. Yeah. But Dallas Crow, such a special quarterback. And they they have a Carter Judah. What can you say about the sophomore running back? Who's I mean, just, gonna have, he's on pace for 2,000 yards. Oh, he, he really keeps is. running the way he is. And then, and then Mason McCrane, the reliable big receiver, you know, that 6'6", 6'7", 
frame, going up there and just catching those those lob passes from Dallas Crow. And, yeah. You know, Crow is dangerous on the ground as well. First of all, I, I actually watched the game on, on WTVM on my phone, and a nice. big shout-out to Jonathan Hoppy. did an amazing job as play-by-play. And I know that Tony Reese was doing sports overtime, and, you know, they both did a great job at WTVM. And, and it was great that they were able to broadcast that game, and it was a great game. And Glenwood made a statement, and I got to say right now, Glenwood at 2-0, and I mean, they look as good as they possibly can be to start 2-0 and playing two talented teams Unreal. in Pacelli and Brookstone. Great job by them and continuing to show that their dominance, and I, I'm I'm with a lot of people that told me this now. I'm a believer. This is the best Glenwood football team we've had, um, you know, especially their the classification they're playing in. I will say the 2011 team, teams in the past, they were talented. 2007, um, 2006, these teams right. had a lot of talent. It, it would be a good matchup. But for this year, for what they're playing in, this team is loaded. And uh, I think they're the best team in the ASA, and they'll be playing the defending state champion, Lee Scott, September the 15th. They actually take on Fort Dale. We'll talk about that next week on the road. A couple other games to mention. Uh, real quickly before we move on, Richard. Uh, Thompson beat Opelika 44-13 in the kickoff classic at the Crampton Bowl. Uh, Lynette got their first win with Chip Siegel. Shout out to my boy, my guy, my coach, Chip Siegel, and his first coaching, a long time, offensive coordinator for Lynette and many other schools. Manchester was successful everywhere he's been. Now his first time being the head man and gets a win 28-6 over Nostalgia. Uh, that's how you say it, right? Notasalga? Notasalga. I said Nostalga. I'm probably uh, mispronouncing it. Notasalga. No, Notasalga. Uh, LaGrange beat Northside. They blew them out last year, blew them out this year. I LaGrange do want to is say really they, good. We didn't get to see this, but myself and Rex Castillo both picked LaGrange, by the way. Yeah, and LaGrange, they're dominant. It's uh, back-to-back wins for them. Um, and they beat the... Northside Patriots, 50-29. to Northside still got a lot to play for. This doesn't define them. Young team. They lost to LaGrange last year, and then they went on an eight-game winning streak to finish 9-1. Right. So this, again, does not mean anything. They don't even play in the same classification. Calvary, Christian Knights. 2-0. 2-0. Dominate Pinecrest, 39-13. C. Smith, man, he told me this team is Incredible how much they are competing at a high level. No one expected them to come out of the gates and beat the defending state champions. Many people thought they probably could beat Pinecrest, but the way they're playing now with all the momentum and to have you know this confidence about themselves, who cares if they're young? Coach Brunson's gotten them believing they can win it all this year. I like what he's building there. Great job by them. Starting 2-0. and and uh, we'll be calling some cover games in the not-too-distant future. I like the Luke brothers. Starting with the quarterback, Luke Zivak, and his favorite target, Luke Scoggins. Shout-out to the, Phil Scoggins. The grandson of Phil Scoggins, the WRBL news anchor. And I'm, I'm excited to call Calvary Christian Games. Head coach Emmanuel Brunson, he's got this team at 2-0. and And uh, they are looking to have a great season. Yeah, they are looking to have a great season. Zivak, mm-hmm. Scoggins. Dominant, lethal, and uh, can't wait to call some of their games. All right, 
let's go ahead and now preview what we got coming up this week. Of course, we got the Glenwood Coaches Show. Uh, we'll be live on our Georgia Alabama Sports Live Facebook page and YouTube channel. Dusty Purdue, Ryan Nelson, you'll be able to see that. Richard, you'll be there to produce that, and then you'll have a one-on-one -on -one interview with Coach Nelson like you did in previous mm -hmm. weeks, talking about the big win over Brookstone and looking forward to next week against Fort Dell. Then we won't have as many, like this past week, we had Northside Harris County. We did that game, softball game. Uh, we didn't get really talk about it. We talked about it on the broadcast. Thank you so much, Coach Jenkins and Coach Sam Harrison, Coach Jenkins, Brandon Jenkins of Northside, Sam Harrison of Harris County for being their hosp hospitality, believing in what we're doing. Thank you for letting us call the game. Abby Lovell, you don't know her, you'll know her now. Threw a perfect game and hit a 3-1 bomb that was a walk-off to win 8 to nothing um, in run rolls. <laughs> she, was, she was great. Northside's got so many elite-level players that are known nationally. Same as Harris County. These two teams were top six when they played. Number one, Northside. Number six, Harris County. They'll play again. We hope to do some more uh, softball games in the near future, especially when these two teams face off. So thank you all so much. Mm -hmm. Great job, Abby Lovell, winning that game 8 to nothing. Harris County is going to bounce back. Coach Harrison's, you know, they'll be fine. They made it to the Final Four last year. I know Northside won it all, but these two teams, I expect them to have another deep playoff run this year. Um, so we won't have anything like that going on this week other than our show we'll do on Tuesday. Um, Thursday, we won't have a Thursday game we're doing. Friday, it's all hands on deck. High school game day at Durham Field in the county. So if you're a Harris County fan, you're a Harris County student, we want you to come out and show out. We hope to have the band there. I was talking with Rick Beach. He'll be of Cut Two Sports. He'll be there the entire game day with me and you, Richard. Special guest. I haven't confirmed it yet. We're trying to get a legendary player who played at Georgia Tech. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we're hoping that he'll be a, a, our guest, celebrity guest picker. It's Harris County Shaw, and that's going to be our game. We're live streaming. We're not having a doubleheader this week. We're only doing one game. Harris County takes on Shaw. September the 1st, 7.30 kickoff. We'll start pregame at 7 o'clock. 6 o'clock will be our um, high school game day show. So looking forward to being able to do that. Um, we may move it up a little earlier depending on the weather, um, but we plan on trying to do that game day around 6 o'clock, be done about 6.30. That gives us enough time to start our pregame show between 7 and 7.15. So, looking forward to calling Johnny Gardner's third game. He's 1-1. One one. I saw Coach Flowers. He was at the Carver-Spencer game. He's excited seeing his, his guy doing so well at a school that Coach Flowers is known for. And I, I think it's pretty cool that we're going to be calling Shaw versus Harris County. Both of them got big wins this past week. I think it's definitely the game of the week. This rivalry really means a lot to the people that live on the border of Muskogee and Harris County. And uh, I'm one of them. I live on the border. And, and so... I have a lot of friends that live up in Ellerslie, you know, living in Midland, and this is a rivalry that Shaw played Harris County last year up in the county. When Shaw started 2-0, and yeah. they went up there and they lost to Harris County, but, you know, they're out to try to avenge the, the loss from last season, and Harris County looked great against Russell County, and they're now 1-1. One one. Both teams 1-1. One one. Yeah. Um, I do want to say something. As great as this atmosphere is going to be at high school game day, and I cannot wait because just that site is going to be surreal. They did uh, let me know when I was at the game last week that they are honoring the Harris County Little League team that won back-to-back -back awesome. state championships. They were two games away from Williamsport. Uh, they actually, the championship game for the Little League World Series was tonight in Williamsport. But what Coach Chris Gilstrap has done 
and that team is going to be honored, and I'm really happy for them that they're going to get to be honored before the game. And it's going to be a packed stadium. I know it's packed for Russell County, Harris County. It's probably just as packed for Harris County Absolutely. versus Shaw, and then seeing the Little League being uh, represented. We'll have that a part of our live stream when before the game starts. We were able to get um, Glenwood and Pacelli. Glenwood had their state championship rings given to their baseball team, so that was pretty cool to do that. Anytime there's anything going on pregame festivities at these schools before the game, we're going to try to try to capture. So me and Richard will be on the call. Looking forward to it. We'll have our guys Chris Gates and Toygar there producing it. Rick Beach will be there for pregame and halftime and postgame. Um, so, and then, of course, high school game day. Thank you again, Rick Beach, for filling in. And anytime we have doubleheaders like that, uh, obviously Rick Beach will be our go-to guy to call the game. And thank you again for everyone in Harris County for your hospitality. We look forward to being there on Friday. A couple Thursday games we'll talk about now. Let's re let's preview some games. Manchester takes on Columbus. Manchester beat Bowden, defending state champion. They're a really good team. Columbus just came off a win against Jordan. I, I would I'm gonna lean a little bit towards Manchester. Columbus does have a home game, and I'm hoping Coach Marino rectified the issues and the turnovers they had in that blowout loss to Northside to play well against Manchester. You're going to see a team in Manchester that plays at 1A Division One, and Columbus a team that's 3A. You'll see a difference between you know the style of play, but I think that it's going to be a very close game. And you know Columbus gets to be at Kennett Stadium back to back Thursday nights, and uh, you know it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll, we'll probably be trying to. We may be not actually live streaming, but we'll go there to cover the game. I know you plan on going to Kinnett. Yeah. I may make an appearance, you know, yeah, just, just to watch. You know, maybe throw some highlights on our, our Facebook page. Do have uh, uh, some quick Facebook lives, let you see what's what's happening, what the score is, and update on Northside plays Hardaway. Northside um, trying to avenge what happened last week against Lagrange. Dominated Hardaway. Hard, I mean, dominated um, Columbus High in the first week. Hardaway. I mean, they had to play. Listen to this schedule: Troop County, Carver. I mean, Carver, Troop County, and now Northside. All three teams won region championships last year, and it doesn't. It doesn't help. Yeah, I know they got a freshman to Bobby Gary, Coach McKinney. He's going to take his licks. He's building a foundation, a culture there. I don't think they're going to keep it close with Northside. They're just they're a bigger, stronger team as of now. Um, it'd be nice to see them if they improve each week. Um, but I think Northside's going to be too much. We'll give a lot. Again, we won't be able to pick this game on game day, so we're going to pick it now. I got Columbus losing to Manchester. I think we both do. And I'm going to take Hardaway losing to Northside as well. I do agree, Thrift. Uh, Hardaway's just got a gauntlet of a schedule. I mean, not only do they have to play Northside, they got to play Harris County. they got to play Noonan. they got to play Peach County yeah. before they get into region play. <laughs> right. That's a brutal schedule for a first-year head coach. But if anyone can withstand all of that and still build – a team that can be great in the future. I think it is Coach Ryan McKenzie. All right, now let's go to the Friday games. Shaw Harris County, we, we talked about, so we'll move on from that. That'll be our feature on high school game day. Troop County takes on Callaway. Troop County, 2-0. and They've been dominating Callaway. A really good, Callaway was a really good team last year. This is a rivalry game. It's a huge rivalry game in LaGrange. The whole town of LaGrange should be there. You know, they upped the ticket prices Whoa. at Callaway Stadium. So They really do. This is a big game. Big shout-out to Kevin Eckleberry, who will be there, BTV Sports. And look, here, here's the thing. We didn't talk about Callaway. Callaway beat Cedartown week one. Cedartown was the runner-up in 4A to mm. Benedictine. Wow. 
And Callaway beat them 27-10. to 10. Deshaun Coleman was hurt in the game, and the backup quarterback came in. And what, what Pete Wiggins, the head coach at Callaway, has done, he's been there for 20 years. Callaway wins a state championship in 2020. They've had players like Tank Bigsby, who's playing for the Jaguars. They've had players like Terry Godwin, who made an incredible catch for Georgia yep. in 2017 against Notre Dame in South Bend. Callaway is just one of those teams, and they lost to Troop County last year. It's strength on strength. Teo Todd, hopefully Deshaun Coleman comes back. But this game right here, this completely shuts down the city of LaGrange. Yeah, and eventually as we expand Georgia Alabama Sports Live, I saw Kevin Eckleberry. He was, he, he, we're friends on Facebook now, and I'm looking forward to seeing BTV. He'll be there covering the game, showing us some highlights. And as we expand, and we'd love to call a Troop County Callaway game. I know they have broadcasts and stuff mm-hmm. of their own, but we want to try to cover as much as we can. But Absolutely. right now we're going to stick to the schools that we do know, but that should be a great game, and we'll get updates throughout our broadcast on what's going on there. Uh, moving on, we're going to go in order. Lynette takes on Valley. Uh, Valley's 0-1-1. Lynette's hard to 1-0. I think Lynette's going to go to 2-0. We'll pick this game. Coach Siegel, great job in his first when Valley, known for their basketball team, not a great football program. And obviously, you know, they're trying to rebuild that. Um, but Lynette, I think they're going to go 2-0. We'll pick it later on, but I like this team a lot. I, I like Valley in this game, and the reason why, you know, they lose to Hanley team that's a really good team. Valley's got an experienced quarterback, a three-year starter in Cam Dooley. They got one of the best defensive backs in the state of Alabama in Jay Harper. This Valley team beat Lynette last year. I know that when I had uh, Coach Story on my podcast, he, a, a guy in Lynette said, uh, Coach, I don't care what you do this season. All I care about is that you beat Valley. This is a huge rivalry game. In fact, this is a very underrated rivalry game in here in the Chattahoochee Valley. Valley and Lynette, it is going to be great. Ram Stadium, it's the same stadium that where Point University plays football. I've been there twice. I called a, a Russell County game last year when they played Valley. Uh, it's a great venue and two passionate fan bases. And uh, that's that's one of those games that it's a very underrated robbery. It is an underrated robbery. And uh, maybe I stand corrected. Maybe Valley does win. I just love Chip Siegel. So sorry I'm biased. Oh, yeah, my guy. I, so oh, of course. I like Lynette. And I think, uh, remember, this Lynette team's got a state championship in 2017 and 19 under Clifford Story. But yeah. Chip Siegel was a part of that coaching staff. Westover takes on Spencer. Spencer trying to bench. Last week's loss against uh, Carver, trying to get their offense back on the right track. They play at home. I think they're going to be high-flying, up-tempo. Gary Gaith is going to go back to throwing three or four touchdowns. I like this Spencer team. I like what they represent. I like their skill set players. I like Coach Kegler is one of the best play callers in the area. Get, obviously, uh, their guys on the outside, the Baltimore, like Keyshawn Sampton, Jamarian Epps. Those guys are playmakers. Kalen Brunson, number six, he was the lead target and lead receiver against Carver. I expect them to get back on the right track. I agree, Thrift. I, I believe that uh, Spencer is going to win this game. Remember, they went down to Albany and played Westover last year and got blown out. Westover is a 4A team in the same region with Shaw and Hardaway. But I think Spencer does win. It's going to be at Otis Spencer. It'd be nice. Back in their home stadium and, the, you know, trying to get to two and one and I think that Gary Gaither you know he's got something to prove I mean he this is a matchup where he could bounce back after not scoring any points against Carver he can really put on a show against Westover the Westover Patriots out of Albany 
at Otis Spencer Stadium. We'll touch on two teams that are in the same region, same classification, and about 15 minutes apart, Jordan and Kendrick. Kendrick takes on Heritage. Heritage got blown out by Chambers Private School in Alabama, 43-6 last week. 48-6, excuse me. I think Kendrick's going to get their first win of the season. Coach Robert Martin obviously took his licks the first two weeks against teams that are that are better than him. And, and right. Shaw last week, 43-6, to six, they got dominated. Um, but I think they're going to get back on the winning track. They take on Heritage at home. I think they win that one. And Jordan takes on Mount Zion at Mount Zion. I think Jordan does lose, but it's not about winning and losing with this Jordan program. It's more about getting better each and every week and allowing these players to get some exposure if they want to go on to the next level. I think Davin James, he's going to have another great game. I just don't think they have enough. Um, but Jordan and Kendrick, Richard. I, I do believe that Kendrick does get the win. Heritage had a very tough loss against Chambers Academy in week one heritage is a, a private school a GIAA school up in Noonan Georgia and you know they play a team like Brookstone and they're you know they're playing a Kendrick team that's a 2A team and 0-2 and, and head coach Robert Martin has got something to prove for the Kendrick Cherokees. All right from Kendrick and Jordan uh, a few more games we'll touch on now is Central takes on Smith Station in the backyard, backyard brawl. Smith Station got dominated by Pleasant Grove Central is better than Pleasant Grove Obviously, I think we all know where this game's going, but everybody and their mom that's around the Smith Station Central area, they call it the Backyard Brawl for a reason. Six miles of Opelika Road. Yeah. They represent very close. Very close in proximity to these two schools. Central's just Andrew Alford uh, and, and Cam Coleman. These guys are just hitting on all cylinders right now. Patrick Nix, he, he believes in what he's got. He thinks this is his best roster since taking over the Central program back in 2020. I think this is too much for Smith Station. And, again, when you play two teams like Pleasant Grove and Central who are elite teams, you're not learning a lot because Central, we weren't expecting them to maybe win a state championship. We were expecting them to be maybe playoff worthy, 500. I, I think tough task. We both expected them to start 0-2, so it wouldn't be a surprise if they do get dominated. But it could be a close game. You never know with rivalries. Never know. Um, but it is a home game for Central. And the last time Smith Station played Central at Garrett Harrison Stadium, they lost fifty-eight to nothing. So last year, when I was calling you Smith just, Station, you just games, made some Smith Station they, people mad. I and the, you know the, the one thing I love about this rivalry, you have passionate fan bases on both sides that like to trash talk with each other. These two teams do not like each other, Thrift. They can't. I mean, they live so close to each other, and they are trash talking all week leading up to the backyard brawl. It's great. It makes great for high school football. It makes great for our jobs to talk about this heated rivalry between these two teams. But I just think Central is just too much. And what head coach Patrick Nix has got, they got a juggernaut that's going to compete for a state championship this year. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. And I think that this team has a lot to play for, obviously. And they're just going to be too much for the Smith Station Panthers. But it's always a lot of fun, just like – Oh, yeah. Barbara Spencer, the, the event that surrounds it, that's the same thing with Smith Station and Central. They'll be tailgating, getting ready for the backyard brawl. Um, moving on from that, two games. We got Brookstone taking on FPD, first Presbyterian day. They beat them last year. I think they beat them again this year. Absolutely. They're playing at home. They're, they, Coach Gillespie, he likes this team a lot. Obviously not the outcome they wanted against Glenwood to get beat by 21 points. I think they come out and they dominate FPD. 
I, I, I wanted to see the, the quarterback and he, he get back on the right track. Chris Vickerson, the tight end, he's an elite playmaker. He, he get him more touches. Uh, I like this Brookstone team. I think they just played a, a dominant right now uh, rollaway freight train in Glenwood. I like this Brookstone team as well. Yeah, Glenwood's just playing on another level. I, I believe they're going to bounce back and get the win against First Presbyterian Day and, and go to 1-1 one and one at Max Strong Stadium. I mean, that you cannot beat that site at Brookstone. And, and just that passionate fan base. And like you mentioned, Chris Vickerson, he's, a, he's just a beast. You know, the receiving tight end that you can actually get it down and make plays. And uh, Brookstone's going to get the win here. I, I'm with you. I think Brookstone is going to win. Again, we'll give our picks. So you're already giving them away. You know, we're giving away our picks. That's what I so noticed. Stop doing it. Right. I just I was saying they're going to dominate. I didn't say who's going to win yet. <laughs> you're not supposed to be giving your picks. Glenwood takes on Fort Dell. Uh, Glenwood team that's two and zero. First, uh, a neck. This is I guess a true road game because I, I expect their fans to show come out and show out. But it's a lot easier to drive. 20 minutes across the bridge to Brookstone. That's why there were so many Glenwood fans, and it right. is driving two hours away to where Fort Dell is located. Uh, but it doesn't matter. I don't think anything slows down Carter Judah, Dallas Crow, Mason McCrane. That's offense. 38 points in back to back weeks against Brookstone and Pacelli, who we both think is going to have seven or eight wins by the end of this season. And then holding these two teams, you saw uh, Brookstone, I think, is going to score over 30 or 40 against FBD this week. Glenwood, I mean, Pacelli put up 50 against Tottenham Square. Glenwood only held them to 12. I think they're going to have no issue. And now it's just about keeping everyone healthy because it's set up beautifully, especially that September 15th game. After this one, they have a bye, then they take on the defending state champion and their rival, Lee Scott, at home. So you're telling me, Thrift, they have a whole week to prepare for Lee Scott Academy. Yeah. Like they needed that the way they're playing right now. This is going to be a tune-up game for Glenwood. They're going to – they're going to like probably have some trick plays. They're going to try to find some things, kind of kind of play with the offense. They're not going to ask Dallas Crow to do much. They might play a, a lot of freshmen. They might play a lot of the younger players. I, I actually think that – I don't even know if Dallas Crow plays the whole game. Mm. I mean, I, I just think – look, Glenwood is playing on another level compared to all the other teams in the AISA. They circled on their calendar Lee Scott Academy on September 15th. Yep. That's the team they were looking for. When they lost to Lee Scott in the championship, they lost to him two times last year. They actually gave Lee Scott the, the, the closest game. Lee Scott dominated last season. And head coach Buster Daniel for Lee Scott Academy, he's got, he missed a lot of players from last year's team. A lot of players went on to graduate and play at the next level. So I think that this Lee Scott Academy team, even though they're good, I mean, they, they beat a Chambers Academy team 14-7. to It was a defensive battle. I think this Lee Scott Academy team is just as good, and that's why I'm excited to see this matchup on September 15th. I am too, and uh, can't wait to preview that here in the next coming weeks. All right, that pretty much tackles all the teams. There's a couple others we could hit on, but they're not around this area. Any one quickly I, before we get out of here? I want to give a shout-out to the Beulah Bobcats. They went 1-9 and nine last year, and Beulah in Week 1 beat Abbeville, and they are 1-0. I want to give love to the Beulah Bobcats. Now, they got a tough matchup this weekend taking on the Lochapoca Indians that beat Lafayette. So you got Lochapoca, 1-0, taking on Beulah in Valley. And that's, that's going to be a fun game. I, I, I hope that Beulah has, has – we always want to cheer for the teams here in the Chattahoochee Valley. 
I hope that Beulah can actually continue to improve. But congratulations on getting their first win this season. Yeah, great job by them. And that is pretty much going to do it here for Georgia Alabama Sports Live Show. Again, mm-hmm. preview of this week. We'll, we'll drop the schedule. Glenwood Coast Show on Monday. Our show will do again, the preview show on Tuesday. Talk about anything else that's happening around, any news that's dr- is dropping. Um, Friday, high school game day. And then, of course, Harris County takes on Shaw. And then we got some great games coming up here in the weeks to come. Any we last thoughts? We also have uh, week, officially week one of college football yeah. this, uh, this week. It's yeah. going to be a fun Labor Day weekend. Yeah, it is going to be a great fun Labor Day weekend. I'll be covering Auburn, taking Q Freeze first game as a head coach. Uh, looking forward to being there for that one. From, Thrift, um, from Richard Aldridge, I'm Thrift Behringer. Thank you all so much for tuning in and being a part of Georgia Alabama Sports Live show. Share the video, please. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. And we will see you again on Friday. Harris County in Shaw. Woo! Going to be a great one. High school game day starts at 6. Kickoff at 7.30. Thank you all.